Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where Pat won't let me talk unless I hit record. The podcast where we answer your questions about the church from the inside. The wheels have come off. You're not really recording. It's the end of a long day. And yes, call my bluff. We're recording right now. Okay. So here's what happened, audience. We were talking as Brian took like the last like 45 minutes to set up a computer, a soundboard, and two microphones. And we were talking and it was so good. Like I kept saying, why aren't we recording this? Why aren't we recording this? Why aren't we recording this? And then finally you had enough. You had enough. Sorry, just, just hit record. And just hit record and jumped right in with both feet. We we <laughs> could be standing in line <laughs> at some, I don't care, like Pizza Hut. Have we ever stood in line at no, a Pizza Hut? No, and never. we're never going to go there. No. Pick you, a better one. Do you stand in line at Pizza Hut? Pick a better one. Okay, we could be standing in line. Popeyes. At, oh, no. No, no, well, you no. stand in line there. Okay, we could be standing in line at Mod. Okay, it's a long line typically. Yeah. yeah, and it could be like, oh, dude, you want like the spicy sausage? Or the, I like the spicy; it's pretty good. And you'd be like, we should be recording this right now. <laughs> it, it, but it isn't just spicy versus not spicy sausage. There's so much goodness that goes along with those things. <laughs> That are super funny. We're always cracking each other up. That's what I told you. I'm a bottomless pit of good material. You're a bottomless pit because you can't stop filling your face with food. That's why you're a bottomless pit. This is why I CrossFit. <laughs> how, how long did it take for you to bring up CrossFit? One minute, 56 seconds. <laughs> of course. Of course. Not so, even two minutes. <laughs> so it was my birthday on Sunday. Yeah. And after dinner... um. I, Rachel didn't have time to uh, get a cake or anything like that because she was doing every other amazing thing for my birthday weekend. So Dude, don't, your birthday weekend was so good. It was so much better than I deserve. It, it, was, it was humbling is the good way of saying it. It was like so much that I, I, I enough. Anyway. Um, People really like you. I don't get it, but I appreciate it. Um, no, so I, I, I had to have something sweet. And so we went to Cream, where I saw that they have this... What is Cream? Cream. Cookies rule everything around me, <laughs> is what it stands for. Yeah. Ice cream shop. They're yeah. everywhere. Right. Maybe. They're in a lot of places. Anyway, so we go to Cream, get some ice cream, and they have this thing called the Sunday of Champions. It's for a limited time only. As we sit here right now, it kind of... Oh, because of the Final Four. Maybe? That's I why there was four scoops in it. The NHL playoffs yep. are about to start. It no, could be because of that. No. Yeah, you're right. For sure, it's not that. Anyway, so this is a in a you know plastic cup. They have on the bottom layer. They crumble up a cookie so that it'll fit in the bottom of the the tapered cup. Mm-hmm. A crumbled up cookie, a scoop of ice cream, a brownie that divides between that ice cream and the next scoop of a different flavor of ice cream. Should you choose to pick a different flavor. Then they put a dosant, which is half donut, half croissant ice cream sandwich with, yes, a different type of ice cream in the middle. There's whipped cream, there's sprinkles, and then for garnish, there is another cookie on top. And I took that thing out. 
Wait, there's another scoop of ice cream in there. Uh Uh-uh. So there's three scoops of ice cream and four treats. Sure. Because I'm counting. I I got my fingers up. I didn't have time to count. You showed me the picture, though. I ate it too fast. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I am a bottomless pit of good material and for tasty treats. There you go. It's true. Speaking of bottomless pits. Speaking of good material. Speaking of bottomless pits. Speaking of good material. Should we talk about politics? <laughs> well, only if we have good material. <laughs> yeah. Let's drain the swamp or something. Remember? So I think that means that they're going to get all of the career politicians out of politics and just get the regular ever, everyday Joes in there to do the politics. All the TV, is that the drain the swamp? All the TV personalities is what it's ended up being, right? Look, I did not watch any of the debates. I didn't watch any of the anything. It, 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 it's so frustrating to me. Politics is. Politics is frustrating to me. And at one point, I really wanted to be a political science major. Oh. But it was short-lived. <laughs> I love drugs too much. <laughs> so that's what happened there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get into political science for different reasons, but yeah. It wasn't the, oh, I almost said hookah, but I never smoked a hookah. <laughs> it was a bong. Hookah. Hookah is for 19-year-olds who can't get into bars. That's what hookah is. One time I made fun of my wife for sticking up for hookah one time. And I was like, hookah is one of like the douchiest things that you can do. And she's like, no, it's not. Me and my friends, we used to go smoke hookah and talk about philosophy. And I was like, you just, just perfectly proved my point. <laughs> she didn't even know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang it. We talked about my wife again. She keeps giving me crap that we talk about her on here. If we don't talk about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But she doesn't listen. So seriously, the question, how should the church respond to politics? The current president, leaders in our state, etc. So, uh, this, it, 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 there's a lot there. There's a lot there. There's it's a lot really there. hard to know where to start. Yeah. What if to start out, we, you and me, take a step back and we talk about our perspective on government? And then from there, maybe we'll have a foundation to go ahead and talk about those particular things. What do you think? Our perspective on government. Yeah. We, Why don't you start? Sure. I'm not sure. quite sure I know how you to do, jump in there. You do. We, we, we have um, what we call a two-kingdom perspective on government. What does that mean? And so what that means is that we, we believe that we, at the same time as Christians live in two distinct kingdoms. And yet those kingdoms, although being distinct, there is a sense in which not only is there intermingling, but one kingdom is over the other kingdom. And what we mean by that is that we live in America. I have a passport. I've been out of the country many times. And in leaving the country, I need to have the passport that proves to the country that I'm entering into, that I am a citizen of the United States of America. And that passport qualifies me for all of the privileges and benefits 
that are afforded to one who is a citizen of the United States of America. However, the Bible also clearly teaches in the book of Philippians, for example, that our citizenship is not ultimately of this world, that our citizenship is actually in heaven. And Paul, who wrote the book of Philippians, is an interesting case study because there were several times throughout his life where he appealed to the government based upon his Roman citizenship in order to receive benefits and to um, receive certain things, uh, certain treatments as a prisoner because of his Roman citizenship. And at the same time, he saw his citizenship as a Christian in the kingdom of God to be even greater than the citizenship that he had as a Roman citizen. And, and so broadly speaking, we take that same approach when we come to the issue of politics. We are first and foremost Christians. Unashamedly, boldly, we are Christians. And what that means is not that we're Republicans. Oh, what that means... Thank you so much. What that means is that we are people who worship the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who love him, who have been born again by his spirit, who follow his ways, his teachings, who follow his apostles and their ways and their teachings. And that informs our presuppositions, and that means the things that give us the foundation to think about things from there. So the glory of God, the deity of Christ, our relationship to him, our union with Christ, all of those things, first and foremost, are going to inform how we live as citizens of this other kingdom, the kingdom of, well, specifically for us, the United States of America. So when we come to issues of politics, our faith absolutely informs our thoughts and our practice when it comes to politics. That's generally speaking what we're getting at when we have the the two kingdoms idea. Yeah. And I don't want to get too far ahead. It sounds like maybe you have an idea of where you want to go with this, but that makes me think of is when you understand that you're living in two kingdoms, um, you don't feel the pressure to turn one into the other. Um, We, I, I don't need to live in a Christian nation um, to sleep at night. I don't need to wring my hands and worry about, you know, what on earth is happening to this country. Um, and part of that is because we know that these authorities have been put in place by God. Um, uh, you know, well, now I'm just trying to make up my mind about like where I want to go first. Well, here, it's, a, it's a rare and unique thing in the history of the entire world that we're able to vote, that we're able to choose the representatives that we want representing us in government. Uh, for the most part, history has been one of um, monarchy and dictatorship, of a, a single ruler who rules with all authority, or a very small group of men who rule and have all authority. So for us, I, especially as Americans, there's a sense where we, we have the last 250 years been really wrestling with what does it mean for us who have an identity that is first and foremost as Christian and then secondarily as American. 
how does the one inform the other? I agree with you. We don't need to, you know, have crosses on our flag. We don't need to have, you know, Bibles in our, in, in every single, you know, hands of the house of representatives and the, you know, congressmen. Um, Martin Luther said an interesting thing that he would rather have a just Muslim or in his case, Turk, a just Turk ruling over him than an unjust or un, uh, a not good Christian. And, and this point is this, is that government has a role and a responsibility, and it's to protect people and to protect their property. Now, we go back into the Bible and we see that that's the God-given institution of government, that they bear the sword, meaning that they're the ones who can bring justice, they're the ones who are actually allowed to punish crimes. Um, vigilantism does not find a home in Scripture. Um, so as much as we like Batman, <laughs> the truth of the matter is is he does not have biblical grounds to stand on. Why? Um, why? Why? Why would you do that? Because we because mean. because God has ordained the government. Yeah, and, I get all that, but and, why? You couldn't have picked some other lame superhero to throw under the bus. Anyway. No, 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 no. We want to tear down our idols. I say so. <laughs> and Batman, he's right up there with a lot of people. I love Batman, right? Are I you mean, calling I totally my Batman a sacred cow? A cow? Mm, How dare you? You're kind of touchy about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just leave that one go. So the reason I bring up that whole we don't need to turn our nation into a Christian nation thing is I feel like in the last two elections, for sure, um, we've seen a lot of like messianic talk surrounding these political figures. I mean, gosh, when you go back to when Obama was campaigning and then right after he took office, I mean... Seriously, like messianic is, I think, a good word to describe the way that people were treating him. Sure. Um, and, you know, even, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but even the way that people were talking about Trump in, you know, middle America or, you or know, Bernie Sanders. Or Bernie Sanders, great. No, yeah. sure. Um, but the way that people are, are depending on these leaders to save them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just made me think of Psalm 146, where it says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. That's it. Yeah. That's the end of it. See, God has not ordained. Well, okay. He has put the men in place who govern us. Um, Paul said that we are to... Um, respect to those who govern us. Paul said that we are to, or pardon me, Peter said we're to honor the emperor in the book of first Peter as supreme, as supreme. And, um, th and that emperor ended up killing him. Right. We don't have that kind of threat here in America. And yet the way some Christians react when somebody's elected to office is it, it feels like that, you know, they think they're about to be nailed to a cross and, flipped upside down kind of thing. Um, well, look, here, we, we, we let, don't... Let me, let me read that passage real quick because it kind of goes like along with what I was just saying. So it says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. And the way that 
you know, a lot of, I mean, quote unquote Christians, I, I think some are Christians and some I would question, but anyway, um, who, you know, were standing up for somebody like Donald Trump and hail him as a Christian leader when he's going through all this. Um, okay, I'm going to say something right now, and I know it's going to be super provocative, and it might even make some people who listen to us never listen to us again. Trump is not a Christian. I, I, there's, I have no reason to think that. Just because he gets up and says, hey, Easter's about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in the, there's you know lovely glowing eggs surrounding him or whatever that I am in no way persuaded by that. Um, he is it because when he spoke at Liberty when he was campaigning he called it two Corinthians. No, no, <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with that. But he, he he's he he he's a man without a moral compass, and he's he's not a Christian. Does now in, in me saying that. I, I am, you know, I know the Bible says don't judge, you know, take the speck out of your own eye or the log out of your own eye before you take a speck out of somebody else's eye. And, you know, I, I think that I, I am in a justifiable position to be able to say that. Um, Obama, I don't know. I mean, but it doesn't really matter. The, what the point is oh, is that... If some conservative have, Christians could hear you saying Donald Trump is not a Christian, oh, Barack Obama, I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, man. I know, I know. And that's heads uh, are spinning. No, I know, I know. And and you know, I am not Republican or Democrat. I really like you know, Carl Truman coined a phrase called Republicrat. And and I like that. I definitely lean more libertarian. I believe that the the less government that's involved in our lives, the better. Um but but even when I say that there are lots of good and faithful and honest Christians who are living in places that they don't even have the liberty to think such thoughts, you know, that they, they live under a totalitarian rule and they have to live as Christians under that rule. Christianity fits everywhere because Christianity is not political. It can inform our idea of politics, but the truth of Christianity is that we live in a kingdom and are citizens of a kingdom that is not of this world. Jesus said he's absolutely a king when Pilate asked him there in John chapter 19. He said, but his kingdom isn't of this world. If his kingdom was of this world, all of his followers would be taking up arms and fighting. Now, that is a vast difference from a lot of Christians' perspectives today. They want to take up their guns in their Second Amendment rights, and they want to storm the castle or right. storm the whatever, you know, storm the Capitol building. And I, it's, it's, it's a commingling of our Christian faith with politics in an unhealthy way, almost to the point where you're seeing this kingdom of the United States as over and above the kingdom of God. And that scares me with a lot of Christians that are out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... Answering the question, how should the church respond to politics? So, first of all, we should recognize that we are, you know, pilgrims. We are sojourners here. We are here for a temporary time. And, Our, and frankly, we're, we're, we're way crazily blessed here in America. Right. We, we, can, we can make decisions. We can choose. We can vote. And, and that's, that's rare throughout church history, like I said earlier. And I think that with 
that responsibility comes a weight that we really do need to try to vote according to biblical principles in our conscience. Getting there. Uh, Getting but, there. but hopefully that's rightly informed. Right. So, um, so how should we respond to politics? By recognizing we're in two kingdoms and this current kingdom in the United States for us is by far the more temporary one. Just a blip. Right. Um, and so does the kingdom of heaven, does our eternal home take precedence over this present kingdom? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so and, the, and anybody, if, you know, the Christian in North Korea, which is the most repressive government in the world, I don't know that we're the most free government in the world, but we're probably close. The Christian should be able to live their life out united to Christ in a similar way here that they do in North Korea. And if your Christianity doesn't allow for that, your Christianity is a skew, brother. You know, you, you've got to really rethink your Christianity. If you can't live the same godly Christian life here that you would in Saudi Arabia, you know, or Nairobi or, you know... Um, Qatar, one of these places where you could be killed for your faith. Iran, of all places. Right. So, again, two kingdoms. Yeah. <laughs> Second, um, we are to be respectful and submissive Yeah. Um, to the authorities that have been placed over us by God himself, um, which I think is something that people don't realize when they gripe and complain and when they just go to the internet and just, yeah, are super complaining and disrespectful. Um, and it's one thing to disagree. It's another thing entirely to, to behave in a way to where you cannot say that, oh, yeah, of course I believe that this person has been placed there by God. Like your behavior does not map a, a conscience that actually believes that. Right. In, in the book of Romans, that you know, the Bible says that we are to be uh, good citizens and that we shouldn't fear the government because we don't fear the sword, meaning that we don't live lives of civil disobedience. You know, we live lives as best we can. We go to work. We pay our taxes. You know, we, we do our civic duty um, as best we can. For us, we have the privilege of voting and participating in government, so we should do that. Um, Paul didn't have that privilege, but he still says that we should be submissive to the government and not be afraid because the, the government bears the judgment sword. Really, that's the point of government. The government's responsibility is to protect people from the sinful actions of other people in society. That's the big thing that government's supposed to do, not become a big, huge, bloated beast that everybody depends on for their livelihood, you know? Um, unfortunately, that's what it's become, and unfortunately, that's what a lot of, you know, communist and socialist regimes have become over time, too. But what we should be doing is being good, submissive citizens, and as far as the Bible permits us, obeying what the government says. Of course, if they tell us, you can't be a Christian, you can't profess faith in Christ, of course we have to deny that. Of course, that's where civil disobedience is going to come up for us. But generally speaking, most things, the partisan divide that we have in our culture is so unhealthy, and it's especially unhealthy that Christianity is attributed to one side over the other. Right. That's scary to me. Yeah, the, 
and I feel like the people who have lost, well, I don't even know if I can say that. But, I mean, one of the big, big, big losers in the partisan divide has been Christianity. Yeah. Honestly. Well, I mean. the We the, don't have a voice for, like, half of our country. Right. Yeah. Well, and we've alienated ourselves from half of our country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say we, like. Like you and me are yeah, doing like, it. Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> um, and then the final thing that I wanted to talk about is, um, so as Christians, how do we participate in politics? I think first and foremost that we have to be biblically informed. I'm I'm regularly shocked by the ignorance that Christians have of the Bible. How can you be a member of God's kingdom if you don't even understand what God's word says? And therefore... How can you be a good member of this kingdom if you don't have the foundation from the first kingdom to inform you? I, I think the first and foremost, we need to understand what the Bible actually says and then live consistently with that as much as we possibly can. The second thing I think we need to do is we need to be good citizens. We, we need to participate in our community. We, we need to be a part and be visible. We need to be good representations of what a good citizen is. And if we get asked along the way, why are we different? Why are we good citizens? Then we can name the name of Christ, you know? I, I think that it behooves us to make sure that we vote. We go to jury duty, you know? We, we do all the things that a good citizen does. Um, at the end of the day... What, we, what we're saying is that if we're good citizens of God's kingdom, it should be reflected in the way that we're citizens of this kingdom as well. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, um, I think we make it a lot more black and white than it really is as far as what it means to be a Christian who is an American citizen. Um, a lot of people would have you believe that your your voter card is already filled out by the time that you decide that you're a Christian who walked into that voting booth. Yeah. And we just don't, I mean, with, I mean, maybe a couple exceptions that we could argue for, I, I just don't think that we see that being the case at all. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think we try to make things way, way, way too simple. Um, I think that uh, we do our reputation a huge disservice by making things more simple than they really are. Um, well, not, th- and, and not thinking it through, not allowing, you know, w- what we believe and to inform who we are, it, it's going to be messy, you know, it's going to be messy. And, you know, people don't like that. They like nice packaged stuff and that's, that's not life. Well, I'll, so one thing about not thinking it through, I'll give you an example of something that I've run into where it's gotten me in some trouble with some of my conservative friends and family is um, when it comes to something like the, the Muslim ban and they hear me say that I was not in favor of a Muslim ban. It's, it's like I threw a snake at them and called their mom <laughs> stupid. And well, it, I, to and me, I quoted Luther earlier right, right. that he'd rather have a Muslim over him than to an unjust Christian. Well, I'm not talking about a, a politician. I'm talking about a dude it, who's I allowed know, to who's like allowed be to in be this in country. America. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, so, but the whole thing is, 
thinking it through, being a Christian in a not Christian nation is I will never, ever vote for anything that sets a precedent where it's easy to take somebody and single them out because of their faith. Because it may feel great to be a Christian in America today. And a lot of people would say it doesn't feel great to be a Christian in America today. Well, just you wait. You make it easy to single out people and keep them from getting into this country and things like that because of their faith. And all you've done is made it so easy for the next administration to do the exact same thing to you. Yeah. And so how does a Christian participate in politics? Honestly, I think fairly, fairly. Um, I think that we not only for our own sake, but just for the sake of being, you know, like we talked about being just, um, and being good neighbors, um, making sure that we think things all the way through because right. and and we there's so many i mean this could go in so many directions i mean we could talk about the refugee thing that's going on right now you know we're going to talk about abortion coming up in another episode um we're going we can talk about supreme court cases we're going to talk about you know gerrymandering and court appointments i mean there's so many directions we can go but ultimately what it has to be is that um, we are the decisions that we make. Are they informed by Scripture? And then, are we um, good citizens in light of whatever decisions our government makes? So red, blue, Republican, Democrat. Can I be green? Black, white, <laughs> north of the border, south of the border, Christian or non-Christian. We believe that you belong.